only thing we have to fear. The economic health of this nation has been four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar. It's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talks. Money Talks. Well, good morning, good morning. You are listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I am your host, Nick Antonucci. I'm a research analyst here at Hensler Financial, and I am joined today by Jared McKenzie. That's right. CFP. Yep. And DJ Barker, also one of, uh, actually one of our managing associates, not just an associate. Mm-hmm. Hello, the big, hello. Do- yeah. the big dog in the house. Glad to be What's back. going on? How are you? As you can tell, this is not your usual Money Talks team. It's the all-star <laughs> show. That's right. As I like to call it. Yeah. If you woke up early enough to catch it, which I know, Nick, you probably will miss this on Saturday morning. Man, right? I'm up early Saturdays. Sure. You, don't, you just really? assume, young single guy, he's he's out yeah. all crazy hours of the night. I figured Friday nights, man, you'd be you're still in the bed after uh, after all that, but no. No? No. Wrong impression. I don't, I don't know why Making you get the most that of idea. Your days, yeah, the early right. bird, right? The Maximize bird. it. Good stuff, man. I'm proud of you. Thanks. That that means a lot to me, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's been an interesting week in the markets. A lot of central bank activity, which we'll get into here shortly, uh, between uh, the Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank, both of which had meetings this week, came yeah. out with some decisions. Um, but if you look at markets, we're up uh, 0.39% through Thursday afternoon on the S&P 500. Not a bad week. It's higher. Yep. Can't complain. Right. Uh, if you look at the year-to-date numbers, the S&P 500 is up almost 5%. You consider kind of where we fell, that 10% correction earlier in the year. I mm-hmm. believe it started on January 26th. We've really come a long way yeah. back into positive territory. Uh, top sector so far this year, no surprise here. Information technology leading the way at 152 Shocking. I know, right? 14.08% consumer discretionary. Yeah, close so, second, right? Exactly, yeah. And, and it's really it where the growth coming from, which is something I, I believe was talked about last week on the show, is growth versus value. And there's been a significant mm-hmm. outperformance by growth year-to-date. Mm-hmm. I think it's 10% that has outperformed value stocks. And it's you don't have to look far to see this. You look at the S&P 500 compared to the Dow uh, and the NASDAQ, and – the NASDAQ is your, your tech-heavy, your growthy names, right? Yep. It's up 12.89% year-to-date compared to – who wants to guess what the Dow is up, which is considered more of a value index? Throw some, four, throw some guesses. Five, four, four, five, uh, three. You're, almost nailed it. 2.92%. Wow. So, like I said, you don't have to look far. Should have went $1. <laughs> Yeah, you missed the opportunity there. <laughs> but, yeah, you don't have to look far to see kind of uh, the disparity there between growth and value year-to-date. Yeah. And it's going to come to an end. This can't persist forever, yeah. right? As long as we get some sort of – as soon as we get some sort of slowdown, those growth expectations come into doubt, those stocks are going to fall a lot harder. Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're heavily overpriced, I would say, right now. I mean, you know, when we look at the relative P.E., uh, you know, the, the valuation list that, that you guys look at. I mean, right. there's almost everything there's trading at a premium, right? And then, significant, you know, significant. And, 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 you know, when we get in some listener questions later, it's not even tech stocks, but the growthy names in general, which you always expect to pay a premium for, right? You, right. You're getting greater growth. You're going to mm-hmm. pay up for that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to come at a higher valuation. But some of them just, it gets to a point where you say, I don't think I can justify paying that price for it. And yeah. a lot of names at, at this point, you're buying at all-time highs. And as I said, some of these listener questions of should I buy, hold, sell this stock, 
it's hard for me to justify telling anyone to buy a stock at an all-time high <laughs> unless there's a, a, a massive catalyst that, mm-hmm. that makes you believe that that growth is 100% going to happen. Right. Well, especially not when, you know, in contrast, which is somewhat surprising given the recent volatility, that there's so many things at a discount right now in right. consumer staples. Consumer I mean, staples, perfect sector. Yeah. And as we mentioned, that growth's not going to outperform forever. So when the market does finally turn, and it's healthy, you know, corrections happen, mm-hmm. whether it's a 5%, 10% correction, that's healthy. Yeah. And these are the type of sectors that are going to hold up better during those times. I mean, consumer staples right. just look cheap right now. Well, yeah. for, and for, so for those people that have have participated in the growth of these others, you know, IT and, and consumer discretionary and whatnot, you know, now is a great time to maybe trim some of that back. Keep yeah, it's rebounds your portfolio, right? And, and take advantage of some of these discounts. Um, I'm having those conversations right now with some 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 clients, and they see that IT sector. They don't want to sell the IT, <laughs> yeah. and they sure don't want to go into the staples. They're worried that we're not, we haven't seen the bottom of the consumer staples. They think it's still going to fall. They can't just imagine. can't connect the you know the rebalance, mm-hmm, sure. and that's a tough conversation that we're having right now. You're just taking having. some risk yeah. off it's, the table. We're not right. you're not selling you're not out selling. of the sector. You're just trimming back, yeah. and then, yes, yeah. buying into a value. Uh, the whole it's, it's hard. It's hard to do that mentally. That emotional you know mm-hmm. trading concept. Is sometimes hard, but but it's important to do. Exactly. It, it really is. Well, guys, let's dive into a little bit of a recap of the economic indicators we've gotten over the last week. There's there's certainly been plenty of them. Uh, starting last Friday, we got the latest trade data. The inventory bill was slower. Uh, in April, wholesale stockpiles rose 0.1% um, above Moody Analytics' ex- expectations. Um, nothing really huge here about the, the trade data. This is one of those data points I feel you can look at at a number of different ways. If you saw an inventory build, you can argue that sales were slower, so they didn't you know, go through their inventory as quickly as expected, or they're anticipating greater demand in the future, so they're building inventory. Uh, so you, you got to kind of look at a bigger picture around that one data point. Sure. Um, but then on to Tuesday, uh, we got some inflation data this week. First piece was the consumer price index, which was released on Tuesday. Um, the headline number came in at 0.2%, uh, which was the same it was in April. Food prices were unchanged, but energy prices were up 0.9%. Um, not a big shock there. If you look at oil, oil's up about 10% on the year. So a lot of that inflation you're seeing in the headline number is driven by energy. So if you take that out, you look at the core number, which is excluding food and energy. CPI was up uh, 0.2% as well, it looks like. And if you look on a year-ago basis, um, increased 2.7% headline, 2.2% uh, core. So in line, roughly, with the Fed's 2% target, this isn't the measure that the Fed uses, uh, but it's usually a pretty good indication of uh, of what the Fed is seeing for inflation. So no big surprise there. The next day we got the producer side of things. Uh, a lot of times you'll see the producer start to see inflation quicker, and then it ends up coming onto the, the consumer. Yeah. So typically the PPI is a good indication of future consumer price uh, index increases to come. It also uh, rose more than expected in May. So it just kind of cements the fact that inflation pressures – are starting to build. And that, you know, that plays into the Fed's mm-hmm. decision-making. Yeah. So yeah. look back to Wednesday. Yesterday, we had the Fed come out, hike rates. It was expected. It was a quarter percent increase, 25 right. basis points. Mm-hmm. The new target range is 1.75% to 2%. So nothing incredibly shocking there, but I think what the market saw was a more hawkish tone. The Fed came out and said, hey, growth expectations look really good. Um we're probably going to see that fourth rate hike this year, so September and December, where the fourth one for a while there was in question. You know, mm-hmm. um, is the inflationary data, is the growth data going to be there uh, to warrant a fourth hike? And it seems that uh, at least if you look at options implied 
probability of that fourth uh, increase. It's, I think, into the, around 64% now, whereas prior to the meeting is well below uh, 50, somewhere, I think, low 40s. So the market reacted to that. All in all, it, it's kind of taken it in stride. You saw Treasury yields shoot up in the short term. You saw the 30-year get, or 10-year get back above 3%, but that's since come back down. And, and I think that's for a number of reasons. I think it takes some time for following uh, the announcement for the market to price these things in. Furthermore, today, you had the European Central Bank come out, and Mario Draghi basically said, we're laying forward a path to NQE. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's going to come the end of this year. And then they said they're not going to start raising rates until at the absolute earliest, the summer of 2019. And that's interesting because Europe's in a spot right now where you saw a week ago, two weeks ago, uh, volatility spike up because there's concerns about Italy once again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, elections in Italy. Is Italy going to leave the Eurozone? What does that mean for the European economy? Right. You also have the same kind of worries and, and lingering debt crisis in Greece. So there's a lot of unknown variables, I think, you, that could continue to flare up and, and cause some volatility in Europe. So as a result, you saw people kind of get out of European bonds and pile back into U.S. Treasuries. And what it did is it drove those long-term yields, people buying at the 10-year, drove them lower. Sure. So, you know, everyone piling in there drives up the price. As a result, the yield comes down. Yeah, so a lot of these actions this week sounds like, looks like, based on, you know, what we've seen, I think it's been pretty stagnant this week, as it seems to have been over the past week. We're just up 39 basis points. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like the market has already priced a lot of this in. I mean, would, would you agree that given that there wasn't a huge response in terms of sometimes when you see the feds make a change or increase rates that maybe aren't expected or, or uh, when you've got these different bodies making decisions, it can be very effective on the markets. But this week it hasn't seemed so. And I'm thinking, you know, mostly because they're moving in line with what expectations mm-hmm. have been. So everything that's happened seems to be right in line with what we would expect. And Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of what it highlights um, is, is that, you know, things do appear pretty strong here domestically. Valuations do look stretched, but at the same time, the economic fundamentals are solid. Yeah, very so much so. I, I think that's going to continue to propel the U.S. economy in, in the next few quarters to come. Obviously, it's not going to go on forever. Um, but, to, but to me, it makes me think of the, the importance of diversification. As you can see right now, all economies don't turn the same mm-hmm. way. You know, you have concerns in Europe right now where everything domestically here looks pretty strong. Mm-hmm. So if you have if you're, you know, a European investor and you've gone all in on European markets, well why would you not diversify your risk? Mm-hmm. Buy some US exposure and it's, it would mitigate some of the volatility that you've seen in there, um, which is, you know, if if you're if you invest with us, you know, we diversify internationally. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously times like this is is where you start to see um that value Right. But, uh, guys, this is probably a good point to take a break um, and come back, and we'll dig into a, a scenario with some real-life clients. You listen to Money Talks. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. 
It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.